And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post game show. As always, my name is Shelton Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew, and as a wise man once said, Tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Wrap it up, fans. What is going on? How are you guys doing? What is up? This is the Wrap It Up Podcast. Of course, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you for tuning in, whether you are live on Instagram. Thank you for tuning in, whether you are live on Twitter. Thank you for tuning in, whether you are live on Facebook or on YouTube. Really appreciate you guys tuning in with me once again as your Toronto Raptors fall to the Boston Celtics 102 to 99. Again, 102 to 99. I know, Raptors fans, I know. That's a tough one. That is a tough loss. Raptors now trail the Boston Celtics 2-0 in their first round series. Again, thank you to all the people that are tuning into the podcast live. Our regulars will note that uh, clearly this looks a little different than we're used to here. (laughs) I had a bit of a day getting back home. You know, I mean, the Raptors day was a lot rougher than my day, clearly, but... uh, those people used to seeing the podcast, clearly things look a little different than they normally do. The reason for that, the reason for that is I come home, rush home, actually, leave work, finish work, show ends, leave work at halftime, in the Uber, watching a game on my phone, get home, try to turn on my TV, TV doesn't work. TV just doesn't work. So then I'm watching the third quarter and the fourth quarter while trying to figure out, okay, what's wrong with my TV? Okay, I guess I got to watch the game on my iPad and figure all that out. Then have to figure out a new setup here, a new set, but we're here. Either way, excuses, nobody really cares about the excuses, but they do care that the Toronto Raptors lose 102 to 99 to your Boston Celtics. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this is your podcast, Raptors fans, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors postgame show. So please, the one thing that remains the same, no matter how this feed looks, is that you get to send in your comments and questions live, and we read them. Whether you're watching live again on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, This is your show, Raptors fans, so let me know what you guys think. Is it full-on panic mode, down 2-0 to the Boston Celtics? We'll read your comments and questions because this is your show for sure. Tough loss for the Raps. I also want to know what you guys are thinking about Siakam because I really think that's a major, 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 major talking point here as he struggled down the stretch for your Toronto Raptors. And I mean, the thing here, if we start out this game... A few things here got to be kind of, you know, apparent at this point. The Toronto Raptors, right, lose 102 to 99. The Toronto Raptors have lost five games this season. This is heading in. This is before this 102-99 loss. 
first things I wrote down before this game started. Raptors, coming into this game, had lost five games this season by 15 or more points. Three of those losses came to the Celtics. The other two, for the record, against Kawhi and the Denver Nuggets. The Raptors had lost two games in the bubble coming into this loss, and both of those losses were two blowout losses to the Celtics. I don't know. I was worried about this game. If you follow the pod, I was worried about this series heading in. The Celtics are really good. Jason Tatum is really good. And this is a tough matchup for the Toronto Raptors. And nothing that I've seen so far over the first two games has changed that. If you watch the preview, we talked about Pascal Siakam would be huge. This would be Pascal Siakam's chance to show, you know, you want to see some form of development in terms of being the guy. Is it going to be all, you know, beautiful, so to speak? right away no this is pascal's first year being the man that's tough the raptors remember play high level defense so you are asking these guys pascal freddie to play high level defense and get busy at the same time on the offensive end pascal i i i, I asked guys i asked you guys who watch the pod to just pay attention to pascal so far because the trend throughout the year being the number one guy, he struggled against the other top teams. He struggled against other top defenders and other good defensive teams. And this, I'm not saying this to knock Pascal because it's just a realization that it's difficult to do what the Raptors are asking Pascal Siakam to do at this stage of his career. So last game he struggled, this game he struggled as well. 17 points on 6 of 16 shooting. So he's not efficient. And didn't even get to 20 points. If you're the max money guy on the team in the playoffs, you got to come through with better numbers than that. It's it's plain and simple, right? That's just plain and simple. There's no beating around the bush. There's no ducking the smoke from that. Pascal Siakam, for the second game in a row, did not bring it for the Toronto Raptors. On the flip side, Jason Tatum did. Whole talk before this, this preview or before this series. If you watch the pod, we're talking Siakam versus Tatum. Raptors fans mad at NBA Twitter for maybe a lot of the exposure or the gas that Jason Tatum gets in terms of being on the brink of being a superstar in the league. And the same's not really said for Pascal Siakam. He doesn't get the same amount of clout or same amount of Twitter hype in NBA circles as Jason Tatum does. What we've seen through two games is Jason, Jason Tatum deserves that hype. 34 points in this game, 8 of 17, 4 of 7 from 3, 14 of 14 from the line. That is just a superstar level performance from Jason Tatum. 8 rebounds, 6 assists, doing a little bit of everything. Again, superstar performance from Jason Tatum. And Boston's getting what they need from their top guy. The Raptors are not. And that's why it's 2-0. I know that sounds overly simplistic, but sometimes, Kenny Smith says this all the time, and Shelt, I mean, the TNT guys, obviously the best in the business, but their ability to just break things down that seem so difficult and make it sound so simple at the same time, sometimes it's just my best player versus your best player. That's what the playoffs come down to. And in this game where the Raptors came out in a completely different mood than they had in game one, and the Raptors, you couldn't have gotten off to a better start. 
Raptors were feeling good. Lowry was driving, getting buckets. Pascal was in the paint. He was shooting it. He was getting to the cup. He was doing a little bit of everything. Freddie was hitting shots. The Raptors started out this game after going one of seven from the floor to start game one. The Raptors started game two, seven of ten. Pascal Siakam, after going one of five in game one to start, was two of two to start. Early timeout from the Celtics. Raptors up early. Things are looking good. Surge checks in and he's hitting threes. OG's looking good early. The Raptors offense was it was just doing really well. I was still nervous while watching this because the Raptors offense was playing so well and yet the Celtics were right there. And early on, you got to give a lot of credit to Robert Williams who came off the bench and he was doing, I guess, the things that Raptors fans dream a future Chris Boucher might be able to do and contribute in the playoffs. And that is just being active. That is being a factor on the glass. That is, you know, blocking shots, just dominating the paint. Then my guy was even feeling so nice, he even stepped back and hit a long two at one point. I'm thinking, how is this guy dominating the game? Five of five was Robert Williams for 10 points very early on. But then again, some really good signs. Freddie hitting some threes. Everyone's talking about, you know, the cute shot of Freddie's daughter before the game. That'll just warm your heart. It's a thing of beauty, right? Everyone was throwing out, you know, how Freddie's kids are here, Freddie's going for 40, all that stuff. And he looked better. He played better than he did in game one. But things started to change. As the Celtics kind of settled down, you know, the Celtics were right there. Siakam started out two of two, but then missed his next four shots. Meanwhile, Jason Tatum was cooking from start to finish. He kept the Celtics in it early. It was basically him and Williams scoring all their points, keeping the minute while the Raptors were still shooting as well as they did to start the game. First quarter ended tied. 28-28 after one. Fred Van Fleet, got to give him some credit. After a terrible game one, Freddie starts out game two. Four of six, nine points in the first quarter. You like that. The Raps in an effort to try to match the movement and, you know, the the activity provided by Robert Williams. You saw some Chris Boucher minutes in the second quarter. And Chris Boucher, with Surge, they kind of slowed Williams a little, right? You saw them causing some havoc in the paint, blocking shots, just being big body. Surge, another great start for Surge as he came out 4-4, four four, nine points early. But the Raps still couldn't stop Jason Tatum. You're going to notice a theme as we go through this game. The theme is going to be the Raps couldn't stop Jason Tatum, right? And again, they shot really well. The Raps make an adjustment. They try to go big with two bigs on the floor. The Celtics struggle a little. Marcus Smart and Kemba Walker nowhere to be found early. And it didn't matter. Jason Tatum just kept cooking, kept getting buckets. And no matter what, it's a tough, it's tough sledding for the Raps. It was tough sledding from the get-go for the Toronto Raptors. So think about this at the same time, right? The Raptors not only were playing great offensively, but you saw more basketball that was more quote-unquote Raptor-like, meaning 
them getting stops and turning defense into offense, getting out and running. Freddie, the beneficiary of a Raps turnover, getting a layup, tying the game at 40. Fred Van Fleet, great start early on. Midway through the second quarter, he was already at 11. 11 points, matching his whole total from game one. He did that with like three minutes left or four minutes left in the second quarter. You're seeing a deep dagger three from Freddie. You're thinking, okay, we like this energy. But again, the Raptors have no answer for Jason Tatum. And the other thing too, because not only was it the stat line, but the eye test of Jason Tatum, he was giving it to the Raptors however they, however he wanted. He was getting to the cup. He was nice in them with step back threes, stepping in the threes, coming around screens, getting to the line. Everything Jason Tatum wanted, he got. He was even driving to the lane, kicking it out to Jalen uh, Brown for threes. It just wasn't good. It wasn't good for the Raps, but it was a close game. Pascal hits a three at the buzzer, which was what we asked for from last game where the Raps couldn't close quarters at all, but they get a deep three from Pascal. Celtics only led by two. 50 to 48 at the half. Third quarter. OG. Ananobi, 11 points for OG in the third quarter. OG, this might have been OG, well, I mean, it was his best playoff game ever as he had a career playoff high, 20 points, but the efficiency from OG, 7 of 12 from the floor, 4 of 6 from 3. Also, he's given you his normal 7 rebounds, but we talk about the stats meeting the eye test, and the eye test from what you saw from OG Ananobi, my guy was confident. My guy was looking nice in this game. When you're seeing OG Ananobi, things that you didn't see from OG in years prior, you were seeing in this game. OG's ability to up fake, dribble, step aside, and hit an open three with confidence in rhythm. Never seen that from OG before. OG with a little bit of handle on the perimeter when he drove to the lane, hit him with the spin move, came back with the nice lay-in. Never seen that from OG before. Raptors fans are watching that and getting super excited. And the, the thing about OG Ananobi, when you see him playing at that level, because Raptors fans get teased by that. You think of, okay, well, what's the potential of OG? Can we get that OG every game? But the thing people need to realize is that comes within the flow of the offense. The Raptors as a team, and I'm, I'm saying this to emphasize a point on Siakam and his struggles, right? The Raptors as a team, their offense is best run when it's in the flow, when there's ball movement, when there's drive and kick scenarios, you're getting paint touches and passing it out, dribble penetration. I say this a lot, passing up good shots for great shots. When the Raptors do that, that is when they are the most successful. When the Raptors do that and OG is a part of that flow, that's when he is more successful. When you see him making back cuts to the basket and I mean, his hops are super explosive. Just when he gets the ball and he's able to just off a two-foot jump, dunk, just off vert, that's insane. But again, coming within the flow of the offense. And I think what happened too many times, because you look again at the numbers from some of the raps here, well, not some of the raps, they're top-line guys that you need, which is Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet. It's inefficiency. 3 of 12 from Freddie in this game from 3. 
That's not that's not good enough. Eight of twenty-two. That's not good enough from Freddie from the floor. Pascal, six of sixteen. That's not good enough. And the reason why that's happening is because the playoffs, there's so much more focus on every single possession. So things get tight. You know, when the offense isn't going well, guys kind of think, okay, I need to get a bucket. So they try to go ISO. They try to go one-on-one and get a shot. And you saw that a lot from Pascal, especially late. But that's not how these guys work within the Raptors offense. That's not how these guys are successful. The Raptors don't have that Kawhi Leonard guy. And forget forget about it being Kawhi Leonard. But they don't have a guy that you can just give him the ball and he's going to make a play. And when you look at the Celtics... Jason Tatum did that. Whenever the Raptors run or even when the Raptors were up big and they needed some buckets to keep it close, Jason Tatum hit that shot. And then late, and don't worry, we'll get to it late, but just to emphasize this point, late, Kemba could have the worst game going, period. But late in the game, when you need a bucket, that Kemba Walker step back that he hit, that he's been hitting since the UConn days, Real ball heads will remember the Big East tourney at, at Madison Square Garden. Kemba's been hitting that shot for a decade. <laughs> I'm sure I don't know about Kemba Walker's high school career, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he was probably hitting that shot in high school as well. As CJ McCollum on Twitter said, Kemba stepped back to freedom unstoppable. That speed and, that speed and break combination, elite. When you're hearing that praise from other, I mean, CJ McCollum's step back game is disgusting. So when you're hearing that praise from fellow other NBA players, you know it's real. And that's just a difference so far in this series. The Celtics have guys that when they need a bucket, when things are getting tough, they can give it to Kemba. And regardless of what else is going on in the game, Kemba has his go-to move and he can get his shot off. And then it's just make or miss. Same with Jason Tatum. The Raptors, it's not the same. And when I say make or miss, it means what is your go-to move? You Think about Kawhi last year, right? We know it was Kawhi, right hand, he's dribbling it right, pull up, he's going to try to hit that jumper, going to his right. One dribble, two dribble, boom, it's going up. Remember the Lou Will days when it was a Lou Will right to left crossover, pull up, that's his go-to move. When you look at the Raptors, who is the guy? What is Pascal's go-to move? What is Fred's go-to move? When you give them the ball and it's here, get a bucket, it's too much ISO, it's too much dribbling. There's not just a go-to move that you see from what you need from star players in the playoffs. And if you don't have that, you're going to have to blow out the team to win. That's just it. I'm just saying, that's just it. If you don't have, if you don't have that guy who can get you the tough bucket, and this isn't, and I'm not saying this to knock the Raptors. I'm asking, I'm I'm telling you guys this to think about how you watch other NBA games. Because even if you watch last night's game, the Rockets couldn't do it either. So James Harden, right? One of the best players in the league. Same thing. Giannis, one of the best players in the league. Same thing. What is your go-to move in the clutch? Because in the playoffs, it comes down to valuable possessions. So, I'm emphasizing this point because I'm not saying this to knock Pascal Siakam. I'm not saying this to knock Fred Van Fleet because if you watch other games in the NBA, just go to last night, James Harden in crunch time, nowhere to be found because he doesn't have that go-to mid-range game 
go-to move that he can hit at a high percentage. That Kemba step back again. Google it right now. YouTube it right now. Kemba Walker, UConn. You'll see that he's been hitting that shot his whole career. When the going gets tough in the playoffs, who do you turn to? That's the answer for the Toronto Raptors. That's the answer I've had from the start of the season. And now that we're here in this moment, this is a moment where you really judge this year's team versus last year's team. You're realizing the Raptors don't have that guy. When you need a bucket, can you get a bucket? What is your go-to move? That's the question I'm going to ask you guys. That's the question that I don't know. I'm sure the Raptors are probably asking themselves because in the playoffs, there's so much scouting, right? The games are going to be close. Possessions are so much more valuable. I see people in the chat and I'll get to the comments in a second. I see a lot of people asking for Matt Thomas. That's not what this is about. These games are close. When these games are close, the end of the game is going to come down to your best players making plays. And so the role players fill in the rest of the game. Cool. But winning time, closing out quarters, how do you start or end runs? That's the differentiator when it comes to playoff time. And in that third quarter where everything was going good for the Raps, because the Celtics were struggling, right? Celtics shot just 24% in that third quarter. OG was going off. The Raptors couldn't do, or the Celtics couldn't do anything. Kemba was struggling. Kemba was 2 of 14 from the floor through three quarters. Again, 24% the Celtics shot in that third quarter. Raptors led 78-70. They led by as much as 12 points in this game. But then to start the fourth, I mean, when Marcus Smart is doing this, there's nothing you can do. My guy hit five straight threes. And on Twitter, when he hit the first two, I think it was, it might have been the first three, I tweeted out, hey, this is good. That just means Marcus Smart is one of those irrational confidence guys, meaning his confidence, like he thinks he's better than Kemba. He thinks he's better than Tatum. Like he doesn't lack confidence. And you need one of those guys on your team if you're going to be successful. He busts his ass on defense. And if you listen to how the Celtics talk, and if you've been paying attention to the first two games of this series, They know, like, the scouting is there, so they know what's going to happen. Marcus Smart knows that he is going to be a deciding factor in this series because the Raptors are going to force him to take and make open shots. And if he makes them, which he has through the first two games, the Celtics are going to win. On the flip side, the Raptors, their version of who Marcus Smart and Tice are is Mark Gasol and OG Ananobi. Mark Gasol can't buy a bucket. Hence, part of the reason why the Raptors are down 0-2. But back to Marcus Smart. Because, again, on Twitter, I tweeted out, hey, I'm okay with him hitting those first two threes because it just means he's going to keep shooting and he's going to miss them in crunch time. He did not miss. (laughs) My guy hit five straight threes, including an and one three. Like, that's just ridiculous. There's nothing you can do. When a guy is that hot, all you can do Better luck next time. Try to contest the next shot. And and that's about it. But Marcus Smart was just on fuego as he hit five straight threes again, which actually gave Boston the lead back at 86-85. Celtics, Kemba starts to get things going with to Raptors fans to have this relate to you guys and what you think or how you might notice it. 
Kemba started doing a little bit of the Kyle Lowry games, right? Where you're seeking out contact. Kemba knew he was struggling the whole game. So what did he do? He got to the foul line. Once you get to the foul line, you start to see the ball go through the basket. You start to get a more sense of confidence. And then you step out. And then, I mean, Kemba was feeling good. At that point, you know, Kemba's feeling good now. Marcus Smart's hitting five threes. Tatum has steps into a massive three, seven oh run. Raps were down six with five and a half to go. Raptors shot horribly in that fourth quarter. And again, the question comes down to what do you do in winning time? Because everything was nice. Raptors were playing well. Great third quarter. But what do you do in winning time? Raptors were one of 11 from three in that fourth quarter. On the flip side, as mentioned, Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart, who struggled for most of the game, 27 of the Celtics' 32 points in the fourth quarter were scored by Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart. What do you do in winning time? That's just that's just what happens. I mean, basketball, the Raptors were right there. It's just when they really needed a bucket. When you need to make plays, the Celtics' best players made plays down the stretch. I mean, Tatum did it the whole game. Kemba did it in crunch time. But Siakam on the flip side, it was sloppy. Eye test, stats, Siakam wasn't looking good. And again, I'm stressing this point. Not to slander, I'm not slandering Pascal Siakam because I already know, we already saw it in the comments from the first game where everyone was talking about uh, Damar, Siakam looking very Damar-like. I think that was the comments people were using after game one. And I'm going to say this because I'm not slandering Pascal Siakam. But just watch what happened to the Rockets last night. And watch what happened to the Bucks, Because we're watching Pascal Siakam struggle in crunch time. But James Harden, same thing. Giannis Antetokounmpo, same thing. What is your go-to move to get a bucket? Because it can't be just barreling towards the basket. Because that's too dependent upon the defense. Right? They could just get in your way. That's too dependent on the refs maybe calling a foul. But what is your move... Another thing I point out all the time, when you hear Kawhi in every postgame, how often do you say, do you hear Kawhi Leonard repeat the phrase, I just got to my spots? That's what I'm talking about. What is your go-to move when you need a basket? And the Raptors don't have that guy right now. The other person who's struggling, and I haven't even mentioned yet, because he hasn't done anything, is Norman Powell. Norman Powell had his best season as a Toronto Raptor, and so far, he's no-showed in the first two games of this series. This game was even worse in game one. He only played 13 minutes because he wasn't doing much. 1 of 5 from the floor, 0 of 2 from 3 for 4 points. Norm was averaging like 17 a game this season. Norm can't have those games come playoff time. He just can't. It's not a thing that can happen. So Norm continues to struggle. Pascal continues to struggle. Fred continues to struggle. Another L for the Toronto Raptors. And that's just what it's going to be at this point because they can't figure out a way to get buckets when they need them. On the flip side, as mentioned, Jason Tatum continued to do it time in and time out. Whatever he wanted, he was getting to the cup and getting buckets. Kemba Walker, crunch time, same thing. But hey, down 0-2, this Toronto Raptors team has been there before, down 0-2. 
They have the championship pedigree where obviously they know just one game at a time. You just got to win. You just got to come out, play better, know that at least there was some progression, right? They played better in game two than they did in game one. Hopefully you can put it all together in game three and come up with the win or else you could be talking sweep city here. But I'll say this much. I was worried about this series coming in and nothing that I've seen over the first two games has changed any of that because the Raptors just continue to struggle. But let's get to some comments because I want to hear from you Raptors fans as mentioned because this is your podcast, the Wrap It Up podcast, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is taking your comments and questions live streaming. So if you want to ask questions at any point, you can hit us up live on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on YouTube. And as always, I start with my OGs on IG. Because I like to get, you know, just a feeling of what the fan base is saying. Is it full-on panic mode? Or is it just, no, it's okay, we've seen this before. This team has a resolve where they can figure out some things, make some adjustments, and come back in Game 3 and and at least make a series out of this. We'll see. There's so many comments. The Instagram group is on fire. I was trying to scroll to the beginning, and there's just so much comments, so many comments here. I see one from Fly Miss. It says, I'm not rocking my Siakam jersey no more. (laughs) Wow. Jeez. I mean, Siakam's getting a lot of slander. Dvad says, heartbreaker. We weren't sinking shots in the fourth. Uh, A lot of people just saying they're pissed. As I continue to scroll through here, uh, Glow Girl Smile, here's a positive twist. We were down 2-0 versus the Bucks last year. That is correct. But the reminder that I will give is two things that makes this different than last year. One, the Raptors were going home to their home court where they have a home court advantage. That does not exist this season. Also, if you remember game three against the Bucks, it was a double OT classic in which Kawhi Leonard almost played an hour of basketball and literally willed the Toronto Raptors to victory in that game three. And if they lose that game, I mean, I'm not rocking this shirt that says, if you're reading this, we still champs, am I? So what I say that to say this, <laughs> with no home court advantage and no Kawhi Leonard, You can't affect the home court advantage, but can someone else on the Raptors step up and just lead them and say, hey, we're not losing this game because for the second game in a row, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, Norman Powell, none of those guys got over 20 points. Freddie got to 19, Siakam got to 17, Norm got four, but the Raptors high score was OG and Anobi. And I know that everyone's talking about OG and, you know, the glow up of OG and what can he be and can he be Kawhi and all these things. But I'm going to say this and I'm going to be very honest. If OG Ananobi is the Raptors' leading scorer in this series, they're getting swept. These are just the facts. That's just, these are just the facts. The Raptors need Pascal and Fred to get their shit together, be more efficient scoring, trust the offense, trust the ball movement, and then have OG get some more from Mark. Serge continues to play well. You you can't expect more from Serge. Kyle, I think, has been very Kyle-like. 0 for 7 for Kyle from the 
from three-point land isn't that good, but Kyle's going to gut his way to 15 points. You know that. He's going to get to the line. He's going to give you assists. What do you have in this game? Seven assists, five rebounds, four steals and a block from Kyle. You can't really ask for that much more from Kyle Lowry at this stage of his career. Bottom line, it's on Fred and, and, and uh, Pascal. That's it. Akeem says, I don't know what's worse, Pascal or listening to ESPN announcers. The game is only being shown in ESPN. No, there is a place called Sportsnet that was also showing the game with Matt Devlin and Leo Routens. On no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Some people watching that might catch that. Don't worry, I'm joking. Uh, more comments though. Let's see what's going on. Shout out to my guy Kenny. I see you in here, Kenny. What's up, my dude? Uh, Asmi says we need to win by committee. This ISO against the Seas isn't going to win this series. It's a great point, but it was my fear all along because. Teams scoring by committee rarely ever wins in the NBA Finals or wins in the NBA playoffs, pardon me. You need that one guy that you can pencil in, all right, we're getting 25 from this guy. If you are to be successful long-term in the NBA playoffs, look it up. Tell me which which team it was that didn't have that had a, a leading score by committee. Find me that. Right? And if you do, it's going to be, everyone's going to go to what? The anomaly of what the Pistons were. But if you watch those series, crunch time, it was Chauncey time. That's where the ball was going. Chauncey was going to create a play. Chauncey was going to get to the line. Chauncey was, what's the nickname? Mr. Big Shot. Again, (laughs) who is that guy on the Raptors? And I'm not saying this. I have to emphasize this because then I'm not coming off as a Raptors hater because I want them to win. Of course, we're here to discuss a podcast on your Toronto Raptors. I want to see them win. I want to see them do well. So this isn't about slandering Pascal and Van Fleet. I'm going to say it for the third time because you watch the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis, same issue. You watch the Houston Rockets and, and James Harden and Russ, same issue. What do you do in crunch time? Who do you go to? What's your move? Just watch the playoffs. Luca, that step back, kill him. That won them a game. That's just what playoff basketball comes down to. And so far for the Raps, they don't got it. There's so many comments here. I'm going to get still scrolling here on Instagram. K2's Garnett. The worst part about watching this game was listening to Doris Burke. Wow. I was listening to the Sportsnet feed, so I missed that. So... I'll take you guys' word for it, but it sounds weird because I normally like Doris Burke's uh, coverage, so I don't know, but I'll take you guys' word for it. I don't know, was it more uh, pro-Celtics than maybe we're used to? I don't know. Uh, Prince checks in on Instagram and says, we need to start Serge Ibaka. Gasol is too slow. We need to start Norm and Van Fleet come off the bench. Oof. Wow, that's a major shakeup. I don't know if the answer is to put Freddie on the bench. You've already established now Freddie as, you know, your key cog, one of your key guys. I don't know if you can put him back to the bench now after a whole season and midway through the playoffs to now say you're going back to the bench. I don't know if you can do that. This is kind of the team that you rolled with. This is kind of what you are. The playoff style is different, but... 
Look at the difference from the Raptors in the third quarter to what they did in the fourth. And Leo kind of mentioned it and touched on it during the broadcast, but they went from working the ball around, getting the ball in the paint, to reverting back to shooting threes and missing threes. And that's the ball game. I keep using the Rockets because it's a prime example. The Rockets are fine and dandy when they're shooting threes and they're blowing out teams. Cool. But when it's a close game, you can't be relying on just jacking it up from three. You need higher percentage shots, right? When a possession, when it's a must score possession, you need a go-to move that's not kick it out to the to a guy that shoots 35% from three. Even if you shoot 40% from three, that doesn't work. That Kemba Walker step back, what, do, what clip do you think he shoots that at? That's all I'm saying. Uh, Akim says, no worries. Kyle about to drop 40 next game because he's not fully there yet, probably because of injury. I mean, one can only hope. Someone on the Raptors needs to just step up and say, hey, we're not losing this game because that's another part of the playoff story, right? If you watch the playoffs, think back to last season, and I don't even have to mention the man's name again because you know who it was last year, but just watching all playoffs, even watching Luka, there's just certain games where someone on your team has to put the cape on and say, guys, get on my back. Let's go. We're not losing. The Raptors need someone to do that next game. Who is it going to be? Uh, Dio's mom says Siakam needs more time. He's not Kawhi. And we win if the whole team is cooking. That is true. The Raptors have to play with how they got them, how they got themselves here. You're not just going to change it up and just turn to iso ball in the crunch, in crunch time. You still got to run your sets. You still got to run plays. You still got to pass up good shots for great shots, whether it's the start of the game or the fourth quarter. The problem is the tendency in the playoffs is just to give it to your best player and hope they can make a play. But the Raptors personnel isn't built for that. Not as currently constituted. By Noir says, I don't care if he's a max guy. We got to not pass it to him because he's not capitalizing. Give it to Lowry, Powell, or Serge. There's a lot of Siakam slander, and I, I can't really defend him. Siakam had terrible turnovers. He's falling on the ground. He's dribbling too much. They know his spin move. They know your moves. So when you spin once and spin again, there's going to be a defender there, right? You're doing all that in the paint. They're going to sag on you. You got to have the counter. You got to have the ability to kick it out to your open shooters. And he couldn't do that. Couldn't do that at all. Uh, Mac Taylor says, it's apparent that we need a superstar on our team. Raptors don't have a guy like Chris Paul who can get three buckets in a row in less with less than three minutes to go that's just going on my point right like watch other teams and that's what i mean when i'm saying i'm not saying this to slander fred van fleet or to slander pascal siakam that's not what this is about because other teams struggled in that other teams with higher championship aspirations struggle with that the bucks it's championship or bust the rockets it's championship or bust and they're struggling with what you saw the Raptors struggle with. So this isn't about knocking Pascal or Fred, because these are young bucks. This is their first time in the real spotlight, night in, night out. It's fine when you're beside another dude who's putting up 30 and 10 every night, and you just got to fill in the blanks. You can have an off game. You can have an off quarter. Now, 
Pascal, that, that can't happen or else the Raps are going to take L's. Huge shouts to all my people, though, in uh, on uh, Instagram. So many comments there. Really appreciate you guys. A lot of people calling for Matt Thomas. I'm just going to tell you guys, chill. <laughs> chill on that. Uh, someone already asking for Masai to make some moves. So are you guys thinking the series is done? Like, do you think the Raps can come back? I really want to know that. Uh, Jennifer says... We can't just keep giving Siakam a pass. He's young, but so is Tatum. Siakam makes too many mistakes during crunch time. I don't see a lie there. Jennifer, that's a great comment. Tatum is young. Tatum is balling. Tatum, again, going back to the TNT crew, this is something Kenny Smith said, and it's so true. There was, what, four months off that these guys had? So if you think about it, you're looking at Luka... You're looking at Jason Tatum, you're looking at Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray. You think of these guys as being young, but they essentially just had a whole entire offseason. So we think we're still watching this same season of Jason Tatum, but really we're watching next season of Jason Tatum because he was in the lab cooking. And I'm going to be honest, the video is out there. It was early on once training camp or the training camp for the restart happened. Siakam did say he had his longest stretch in which he didn't touch a basketball. And I'm not knocking him for that. Believe me when I say that. There is a pandemic going on. I'm not telling anyone how they should or shouldn't have dealt with things during a pandemic. So I'm not knocking Pascal Siakam. I totally understand why you wouldn't have touched a basketball for the longest period of your life during a pandemic. Totally get it. But I will say this. When I see Jason Tatum take a leap when I see Luca take a leap when I see Donovan Mitchell Jamal Murray take a leap you kind of got to live with the results of what we're seeing on the court these are just the facts right like it or not that's kind of just a situation we're in more comments and there's so many normally I don't really like going this long on the podcast but there's so many comments I want to get through because I really appreciate all you guys rocking with me here whether you are on Instagram Facebook YouTube Twitter wherever you're watching really appreciate it so many comments really appreciate you guys let me switch over to Twitter here as I see Matthew here's some positive some positivity from Raptors fans Matthew says I'm not worried not saying we will win the series, but we can definitely play with them. Okay, I'm not mad at that comment. It's a glass half full approach. Yeah, they improved from game one to game two. The Raptors showed some improvement. Other thing too, I just want to mention as like, I'm seeing the other feeds here that I have up in front of me. So I'm looking at, you know, the camera. Um, people might be wondering sometimes why I'm always looking down. <laughs> It's because I'm looking at all the different feeds that I have up on my computer and plus all the different graphic keys that we have here. Like I'm literally doing that live off my phone as we're talking. Like I'm hitting the buttons on my phone to change the keys that tell you the stats and the score and all that. So if you're ever wondering how come I'm always looking down, it's because I'm literally doing like eight things at the same time. While trying to talk to you, you guys read comments, see what's going on in Twitter land to see if there's any uh, post-game comments that might have come out already. But, I mean, it, it's tough. This game was tough. I know the Raptors had their post-game as the post-games happen a lot quicker. I'm going to read some comments here from the Raptors post-game. 
Uh, this from Josh Lewenberg. I always tell you guys, Raptors fans, if you don't follow Josh Lewenberg on Twitter, you should. One of the Raptors beat guys, Josh says, Lowry on Siakam, quote, we just tell him our confidence is in him. We know how good he can be and how dominant of a basketball player he can be. He has to figure it out and make some shots. If he makes some shots, it's a different game. It happens sometimes. Lowry on the fourth quarter, quote, I mean, Marcus Smart made five straight threes. That's one that's just, it's tough. He hit five threes. We played a well-energized game. We just didn't close it out. We just didn't finish the game defensively as we should have. Lowry also says, we're pretty pissed right now. We're down 0-2. This is not the situation we'd like to be in, but we've all got to do, but all we've got to do is get one game and take it one game at a time. Um, there's going to be a lot of people talking about the fouls, obviously. So here's a, a, a quote from Nick Nurse on Tatum. The only frustrating part is he shoots 14 free throws, which is as much as our whole team shoots. That was a frustrating part. If you know me on this podcast, I'm not going to be a part of the whole blame the refs campaign. It's not going to be my MO. Were the refs good? Of course they weren't, right? There were a lot of bad calls, a lot of horrible calls. But I just want to tell Raptors fans, for all the bad calls that were made during this game, for all the you know the Celtics getting to the line, you got to remember, Jason Tatum, forget about the star qualities that Jason Tatum shows. He's driving to the basket under control. You're going to get foul calls. That's different than when you're driving and trying to get foul calls. That's just different, for one. Two, if you're going to complain about the refs, keep the same energy for at the end of the game when Jason Tatum gets a bogus, I mean, it's a ticky-tack offensive foul, but if you call the offensive foul, cool, whatever. But then gets a tech for punching the air, not even in the direction of the ref, but in a four-point game with one minute left, they called a technical foul on the other team's best player. That's a horrible call. So all I'm saying is if you're mad at the refs, keep that same energy on both sides because the refs are trash on both sides. That's all I'm going to say. But I'm never I'm not the one that's gonna blame the refs. As again, Tony Brothers, it's a situation where people know the names of referees. It's never really for a good thing, is it? Right? Like when the when fans know the name of a ref, it's never really for a good reason. Uh more comments here though from Twitter. Jay Simone says, I disagree. If you want the cash, you have to prove you're worth it. This is what I'll say about Siakam. I know that he's a max guy. He just signed the max deal. But I'll say this. The Raptors were in a position where you kind of have to give him the max. Like, what were you going to do? Right? Coming off of last season where Siakam showed out in the playoffs, had a really good run, what were you going to do? You were not going to pay him? You're not going to pay him when Ben Simmons got the bag, when Jamal Murray got the bag? And obviously, if I'm Pascal Siakam's agent, I'm saying, well, look at those guys. He did more work going further. Now, of course, he did it beside Kawhi. But hey, what choice did the Raptors have? You're going to give them the bag. So that's not the issue. The thing I will urge people to remember is that it's year one. You're hoping that it's a progression. And you're hoping that because all you've seen from Pascal Siakam so far is that he improves every single season. So you just hope that continues. 
This is year one. I know people are coming with the DeMar talks. People are comparing them to Tatum. Not every star player is going to progress at the same level, right? Also, I'm going to still mention the pandemic aspect of things, and you don't know what people were doing while basketball was off. We can watch Tatum and tell that Tatum was in the lab. We can watch Luca and tell that Luca was in the lab. We heard from Pascal that there's, he said it himself. Like, this isn't hyperbole. He said himself, he had a long stretch where he didn't touch a basketball, and it was probably the longest stretch of his life without playing basketball since he started playing. So, hey, a lot of talk too. Here's a comment. How about not taking a timeout when you have 3.4 seconds? It's tough. I mean, they got the ball to Freddie. You're down three. Chances are, if you do call timeout, you're going to draw up a play for Fred Van Fleet. That's probably the the what Nick Nurse would have done. So do you want that to happen against a set defense? Against a well-scouted team that probably knows what play or has an idea of what play you're going to run? Or do you take your chances with Fred getting the ball on the inbound anyways and getting a running start against a defense that's not set? I understand it both ways. I really do. To me, it comes down to how much you trust your set plays and how much you trust Fred. Those two things weigh the end of the game and that decision. I'm sure Nick Nurse was asked about it. I haven't seen the comment on it yet, but I understand it. I get it. I probably would have liked them. I mean, I'm playing the result, obviously, because if Freddie comes down and hits that three, then we're all saying great play by Nick Nurse to let it go. So we're all probably all playing the result, but it comes down to trust. And he trusts that since Fred got the ball, you're going to trust him to try to make a play. Did it work out? No. We shouldn't have been in that position anyways after being up 12. Shouldn't have been in that position where you're struggling late like that anyways. Matthew says, what happened to Gasol's offense? For real though, the same year we got him, he was getting 15 points. Yeah, I mean, even if you go back to last year's playoffs, the NBA Finals last year, Marcus Gasol was on one. He was putting in work. He was putting in numbers. This time, not so much. Seeing some comments here that say, I still believe Raps in seven. That's the positive attitude we like to hear and see from Raptors fans, right? Let me switch over to Facebook. My guy, Chris, what's going on, Chris? Uh, he's asking about the timeout for the last shot. It's a tough play. It's a really tough play. I just think that, you know, it comes down to trust, as I just said. And could you have gotten a better shot than Freddie trying to make a play at the end? It's tough. It's very tough. My guy, Justin Murray, says, bless up, Sheldon. Are the Raptors in a better or worse position with no home games left? Um, To be honest, it's... I just think being on a neutral site and this sounds like I'm stating the obvious, like I'm not breaking or splitting atoms here, but being on a neutral site obviously just favors the better team, right? Because there's not the intangibles of, you know, home crowd or how's a team going to react to the a crazy home crowd or anything like that. So it is tough, right? And that's a real different point from last year where the Raptors sat at this point where you're going back home, you have Kawhi, you have your home crowd, it's just not the same. Switch to uh, YouTube. 
Phil says, Boston is a weird team. They are small at the four and five, but big at the two and three. That's kind of tough when you're playing two smallish guards. Definitely true. Um, this Lowry and Freddie backcourt, I get why people are saying, hey, you know, maybe you think of starting Norm, but it's not like Norm is doing anything to garner more minutes, right? Norm is playing horribly too. So I don't know. It's very tough. Uh, someone asks on YouTube, is Nick Nurse getting outcoached in this series or is it this on the players? Ooh, that's a tough one. I can't say Nick Nurse is getting out coached. The, 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 here's a big issue, right? Brad Stevens is also a really, 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 really good coach. So is Nick Nurse. So Raptors fans are used to watching Raptors broadcasts and hearing the Raptors broadcasts talk a lot about how great of a coach Nick Nurse is, which is true. Obviously, he's coach of the year. No doubt. But Brad Stevens is also a really good coach as well. So if you see how the Celtics have played, they knew what the Raptors were going to do on defense in terms of forcing and giving you the corner threes. And so far, Marcus Smart has just hit the shots. That's really what it's come down to in this series. So can you blame coaching? Can you blame Nick Nurse? I don't. I just think that his players have to do a better job of scoring. And it's tough because you're you're talking about two good defensive teams. So it's going to be tough for Pascal to score. It's going to be tough for Fred to score. It's just a tough matchup for the Toronto Raptors. That's it. That That's just it. Phil says, this is a pretty good show, though. He does a good job. Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, sorry. Someone was asking me, look at YouTube just once. I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. I'll read your comment now. Uh, trade. Oh, whoa, whoa. Not talking about trades. We're not there yet. Uh, people are asking for trades here. Again, you need that 25 a night guy. SGA would be interesting, but I need someone with a proven record. SGA is not what you think. Like he's not that guy either. Like just watch. It's Chris Paul making the plays. SGA is good, but young guys aren't there yet. Like Chris Paul is a, a seasoned hall of famer. Chris Paul has been doing this for a decade. Go back and watch the tapes of Chris Paul going at it with Kobe in his younger days in the playoffs. So it takes time. You can't expect Pascal to just be at that moment where you give him the ball and he's making plays. Luka, Jason Tatum, those guys are the anomaly. Those guys are the exception. They're not the rule, right? So remember that. And don't be so hard on Pascal. Do we want him to play better? Of course. Did I think that he would struggle in this series? I did. <laughs> and here we are. You just got to watch the learning curve. You just got to watch the learning curve. Can he get there? History tells us that he continues to improve. History tells us that he takes the criticism and he will work on it and be better next time around. So if you're a Raptors fan, you just got to hope that's the case. Style says Celtics played a horrible game today and they still won. We started off so good and they were still hanging around. No way we can beat these guys. To be honest, it's a wrap. <laughs> I mean, it's, I thought the series, I, I'll say this again, and I'm choosing my words carefully. I thought this series would be very difficult from the outset and nothing that's happened over the first two games has changed my opinion on that. But I will say this, I did say beforehand, if the Raptors are to win this series, they're going to win it in six or seven. So it's going to be a tough series. 
And if they are going to turn this around, you betcha. It's going to be a tough series. But again, Toronto Raptors fall 102 to 99. Again, Toronto Raptors lose 102 to 99 to fall down 2 nothing to again <laughs> the Boston Celtics. First ever playoff series against the Celts, not off to a good start if you are the Toronto Raptors. They just did not have it going at all as they struggled. I mean, they started off well and just couldn't get it together. And the Toronto Raptors fall to the Boston Celtics to go down 2-0. But if you're the Raptors, you've been here before. If you're the Raptors, you've seen this before. Can they do it again? Who is going to be the guy to step up and say, hey, get on my back. We could win this series. Tough night for the Toronto Raptors as they lose 102-99 to the aforementioned Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum leading the way with 34 points. 8 of 17 shooting, but also Marcus Smart and Kemba Walker doing it big. Jason Tatum carried the Celtics through the game. Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart finished the game. Again, the fourth quarter, winning time. Kemba and Marcus Smart finishing with 27 of the Celtics, 32 points in the fourth quarter. What do you do in winning time? Tonight for the Raptors, there's a lot of Pascal Siakam. There's a lot of bad Pascal Siakam in winning time. As for the second straight game, he struggles. 17 points, 6 of 16 shooting for Pascal from the floor. 1 of 4 from 3-point land. Fred Van Fleet, 8 of 22 from the floor. 3 of 12 from 3-point land. If that continues, this is going to be a short series. But again, I really appreciate you guys tuning into this, the Wrap It Up podcast. We're looking a little bit different <laughs> in this game and scramble to get the pod up and running but we're here we find ways to get things done why because i know you guys are here waiting for us to have this conversation we try to provide a safe space raptors fans to discuss what is going on with your team the toronto raptors so i thank you guys i appreciate you guys tuning in live however you watch the pod whether you're streaming it live on youtube whether you're streaming it live on twitter whether you're streaming it live on Facebook or Instagram, I appreciate you. And huge shouts to the people that will listen to the podcast later on on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Really appreciate you guys for tuning into this, the Wrap It Up podcast. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.